Break out the tissues. You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And <laughs> I'm already crying. Are you? <laughs> we're, we're discussing chapters 23 and 24 today, which are, of course, going to be heartbreakers. We've had way too much fun for the past couple of chapters. <laughs> Ever since uh, we saw Hattori's backstory, it's just been like, oh, it's kind of fun, kind of fun. Now, here comes another... Here comes another downer. Hope everybody's ready. Because <laughs> we're going to dive straight into it. I'm not. Nope. I'm also not ready. <laughs> it's going to be fine. So chapter 23 opens with a cityscape. And we see narration overlaid. I don't think that there are any memories that are okay to forget. None. It's interesting how... I'm going to say this before we get into the rest of this chapter. Takaya likes to do this thing where... There's narration right at the beginning, and then it kind of like comes back at the end. We've seen that mm-hmm. a couple of times. We've seen it. Did that happen last episode too? I think it did with Ayame. Yeah. I think. Not um, quite as, it wasn't like beginning and end of chapter, but there was a gap between them. Mm-hmm. There was the one, I think the time before, like the episode before that one, had um, Yuki's narration at the beginning and the end. The one the mm-hmm. where Akito comes to school. So yeah. it's the same structure. Like Takaya does it a lot over yeah, and over again. Yeah, it does come up a lot. Mm-hmm. We see Momiji peeking around a corner. He sees a woman and a girl, both light-haired. The woman is clearly the girl's mother. The girl reaches up like she's asking to be held or something, and the woman kneels and caresses her face. Momiji smiles. We cut to Shigure's house. Toru asks if she can go out on May 1st, um, and Shigure's like, it's fine. He's like, oh, are you going out with your friends? And she's like, yes, it's the anniversary of mom's death, so we're going to visit her grave. And it's implied, it's implied <laughs> cheerfully that she says that. Shigure looks genuinely concerned, perhaps for the first time in this series. Like, I think it catches him <laughs> off guard. <laughs> we see Yuki and Kyo's also slight, concerned, frowning faces um, reacting as well to what she said. Shigure apologizes that he can't be there. And Yuki asks if it's okay if he comes as well. I'd like to meet your mother, he says. Toru beams and thanks him. Her mother will be happy, she says. Shigure says that if he doesn't have any plans, Kyo should go as well, and Kyo doesn't respond. In fact, he looks a bit, like, despondent, I wrote. <laughs> we cut to school. Toru is chatting with Uo and Hana about the visit. Yuki is coming, but Kyo didn't respond. Uo says that Kyoko would probably like Kyo. <laughs> she teases him like, she would tease him like crazy. Hana adds that just when Kyo would be boiling with rage, she would squeeze, his, squeeze him hard enough to break his back. Toru is like, that'd be bad for both of them. That would be bad in, in multiple ways. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a whole year since your mother passed away, Hana says. Yeah, but you know, says Uo, I feel like she'll show up at any moment smiling like she always did, saying, my bad. We see Toru with kind of a nostalgic smile. This is, again, one of those smiles that's, like, difficult to describe. It's kind of tinged with multiple emotions, like we were talking about in our last episode with Ayame. Toru shown with a nostalgic smile, and we see Kyoko. I think maybe all three of them are kind of imagining her or remembering her smiling and laughing. Sorry, I got kind of serious there, Uo says. The legend of the red butterfly of Kanana will never die. The divine Dakotra will live forever, will be forever etched in my heart, adds Hana. <laughs> These are references to her jacket that Uo was wearing, or that was shown earlier in an earlier chapter. Toru, we hear. Hide me, hide me, Momiji pops up and hides behind Toru. He's playing with some kids at school. Another kid like pops out of a window, like a classroom window, and he says, freeze, criminal, you can't hide me. Or you can't hide from me. So Momiji takes off, and Toru is like, uh, watch where you're going. And while Toru is busy worrying, Uo and Hana comment that he has a lot of energy, which is good for a growing boy. 
<laughs> Uo, I think. Um, it's hard, sometimes when they talk, it's hard to tell because like nobody's faces are moving. Um, but Uo asked which of his Uo asked which of her, his parents are German, and Toru wonders. She hasn't heard about any of the Soma parents except for which she remembers what Yuki said at the hot spring that he never laughed like that in front of his parents. While Toru contemplates, Uo and Hana, uh, one of them, comment that Toru has really had it hard. She's been able to keep smiling for a whole year. I'm sure she scolded herself every time she was about to get depressed. If Torokun were to die, I wonder if I'd be able to smile again. I think that this is Hana talking. Or uh, if I'd wish that I could forget ever having met her. Torokun is so strong. We see in a transition of uh, this black and white striped curtain. It's behind Hana and then the curtain ruffles to reveal Toru in her uniform, her head in her hands. Do you know what this is? Hmm? This curtain, do you know what it is? Uh, no, I didn't really think about it. <laughs> so... I, the reason I thought about it is because this is one of the first things that I noticed the long, long time ago before we started this podcast. I was like, what up with this curtain? It's in <laughs> it's in so many scenes. Not to just add levity to the situation, but it's in a lot of these scenes. It's something that's used in funerals in Japan, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like a specific thing. It's called a kujira maku. Yeah, I don't think I even really noticed that it was a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's a weird texture. There's a weird texture. <laughs> It's just, like, one of the first things that made me kind of get into, like, really digging deeply into manga. This one specifically. So, I don't know. I just thought I'd bring it up in case anybody was curious. <laughs> Apparently, it's also used for, like, ceremonies. I'll put a link in the description. Um, it was also hard to find what it's called or, like, what what the name of it is. So, the articles that I found are all in Japanese. But Google Translate will help you out. So, <laughs> in case anybody was curious, it's a... So, like, when you see, often when you see, like, like almost every time they talk about Toru's mother and, like, Toru is a reference to her funeral or something, there's this curtain is shown. Like, I'm sure it's shown again later in this series, and it probably was already shown before, and I just didn't bring it up. Um, and then it's obviously a symbol that's used in a lot of different manga. So, in case you were ever curious, that's what it is. Cool. Yeah. I just, I aim to educate and inspire, you know? <laughs> it's just something that's like, it's personal for me. It's something that I specifically noticed that was something that I wanted to understand more and kind of like, it reminds me of the stuff that I want to help other people understand. Anyway, at the office building where Toru works, she's chatting with Momiji. So Toru asks which of his parents are German and he says Muti. And Toru is like, Muti. <laughs> and he says, that means my mom. He pulls out a photo to show her. And Toru thinks, she says, sorry, Toru says she's beautiful. Momiji takes after her, she thinks. And Momiji reveals he has a little sister named Momo. She looks just like her mother. And Toru freaks out, of course, and is like, you have a sister, Momiji-kun? Yeah, he says. (laughs) She's in second grade. um, And she isn't a member of the Zodiac, though. And she looks just like Mama. She's so spoiled. She follows Mama around like a baby chick. Apparently, she doesn't speak much Japanese. She has trouble with it. Remember how we talked last episode about mm-hmm. Momiji not being able to speak Japanese very well or something or ha- yeah. struggling and it's like implied in his dialogue that he can't. So we know that Momo can't speak Japanese mm-hmm. very well. Momiji smiles, a beautiful smile, and adds, she's so cute. And Toru smiles back. Momiji says that Mama and Momo come to pick up Papa from work, um, I think every day or usually. And Toru asks innocently, so you all go home together, right? I wish, Momiji says, but Mama doesn't know about me. And now we take a hard left into the sad, <laughs> sad, sad part of these chapters. Toru's eyes widen. Momiji-chan, we hear. 
My page flip reveals Momiji's mother and Momo. And Momo is like attached to her like a little kid. Mm-hmm. What are you doing in a place like this so late at night? She asks. Momiji puts his arms up behind his head in kind of like an apologetic sort of way and explains that his friend works here part time and that he came to hang out with her and she came to play with her. And she's like, this isn't a playground, which is a very mom thing to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Momiji apologizes. Besides, she says, if you stay out too late, won't your mother worry? And it cuts deep. Um, <laughs> it's okay, I'm going home now, he says. She warns him not to take any shortcuts and thanks to her for cleaning and then heads off to meet Momiji's father. Ngluk, he says. I don't know, <laughs> I don't speak German. <laughs> um, bad luck, he says. He'll have to apologize to his dad later. He explains to Toru that his mother's memories were suppressed. Mama thinks I'm one of the other Soma children, he says. Toru clutches the photo. She's been holding it this whole time, and she kind of brings it up to her face, growing more concerned as Momiji continues. Children who are cursed by vengeful spirits are born two months earlier than normal. To meet your true love, then marry your true love, and have a baby with your true love, and hold that baby, and then have it turned into a strange baby animal? What despair a mother would feel? The mothers of children possessed by vengeful spirits either become extremely overprotective of them or reject them entirely. My mama rejected me, he says. We see a woman with long, light hair in the next panel, in a simple dress, like maybe a nightgown, barefoot, and she's laying, curled up, kind of, as we see her, bandages around her wrist. Momiji's dialogue continues. She rejected me with her whole body. She wouldn't look at me. She was irritated. She was always irritated, always hysterical. Thinking about it now, I can tell she was broken, just like Kana. We see Momiji's memory. It seems like Momiji's father is talking here. He's mm-hmm. Momiji is pretty old. The other thing that I that I forgot about when I was rereading this is how old Momiji is. Like he's clearly like three, maybe, or like he's like a toddler. Like he's not a baby anymore. So she's been having mm-hmm. having these these problems all this time. Like she's been hysterical mm-hmm. for years. It makes me a little more understanding with his dad, who I always kind of, yeah. like, I don't know, not was mad at, but wasn't. Was like, why didn't he, why did he do this? Yeah, yeah but it's sure. like, he, they, he obviously tried a while before. Yeah, they tried for a long time. Before coming up to this point, so I can kind of, you know, sort of understand it a little better. Yeah. Kind of realize that. Yeah, it definitely, I remember reading the first time and feeling very, like, unsympathetic to Amiji's father, but I think as... Mm-hmm. As a more mature person, and now having a kind of a deeper understanding of the story, I feel like there wasn't anything left for them to do. Like, she wasn't going to mm-hmm. take care of Momiji, and she wasn't, like, she was struggling to cope with things herself. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the most sensible thing to do. Of course, it's very painful. Yeah, I'm sure it's hard on his father, too. <laughs> we may never get his perspective on this, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really tough decision to make, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. So we see... Momiji's father's dialogue like he's hugging Momiji and he says Momiji your mother's case seems hopeless now but they say that if she forgets about you she might get better I imagine this will be really hard for you Momiji but Papa will love you more than enough for both of us and if you love Mama too will you help her we see another scene baby Momiji is peeking into a room which is echoing what we saw at the beginning of the chapter like while he was kind of looking around the corner Mm mm-hmm Momiji's mother is talking to Otori, who looks quite young still. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that Momiji is yet way, he's younger than Yuki and Kyo, and then we know that. Yeah. We talked about how Otori looked like he was like still high school aged when he had to erase yeah. Yuki's friends' memories. Well, we know that Ayame just said he's 10 years apart from Yuki, 
Mm-hmm. So and Atori's around the same age. So like, I don't know. He's probably like a teenager. He's probably like what fourteen or fifteen or something in this. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, we saw in his memory that he's a teenager when he was dealing with Yuki's friends. So yeah, yeah. so he's yeah. older in this one, but still, Not I don't know, maybe nineteen. Older. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Yeah, his mother's talking to Atori. Atori asks, "Are you really okay with forgetting? You won't regret it." And her eyes, her face completely changes, and with this kind of hysterical look in her eyes, Momiji's mother responds, The greatest regret I have in this life is that that creature came out of my body. We come back to the present, and Momiji explains that he disappeared from his mother's memories. She eventually got better. In two months, she could actually smile again. We see the Toru has lowered her head, and tears are actually forming in the corner of her, her eyes. And Momiji says, I wonder if I really helped Mama. He's been watching her this whole time, Toru thinks. But, Momiji continues, I think that I want to live with all my memories. Even if they're sad memories. Even if they're memories that only hurt me. Even if they're memories that I'd rather forget. As Momiji continues, we see Toru's thoughts. We see her mother smiling. We see her bag tossed haphazardly to the floor. Her mother is bandaged and her eyes are closed. And Toru brought to her knees. We see Momiji's dialogue again continues. If I keep them and I keep trying without running away, if I keep trying, then someday, someday I'll be strong enough that those memories can't defeat me. I believe that. Toru cries and looks at the photo again. I want to believe that because I want to think that there's no such thing as a bad memory. That's why I didn't want to forget Mama. I wanted her to keep trying. But that was my selfishness. And he looks up at Toru and raises his finger. It's a secret, he says. Toru cries and embraces Momiji. And the other cleaning ladies hear the poof of them hugging. Yes, me too, she says. I also believe that. And they cry together. We see in the narration, I want to take any memory and hold it in my heart so I can be someone who won't let those memories defeat me. We briefly transition back to Shigure's house. Kyo is talking to Yuki. He says, hey, I'm going with you, you know, to visit her grave. And Yuki thinks, why are you telling me? <laughs> we cut back to Toru and Momiji again who are smiling now <laughs> like as if they kind of like the air is cleared a little <laughs> mm-hmm. someday we'll overcome the pain and we'll have precious memories the chapter ends with Momiji looking back at his mother who's looking away and that's that's the end of chapter 23 did you make it through without crying <laughs> I don't cry but literally every time I read it I get that kind of tear up feeling my breath <laughs> This time, I haven't read it in a long time, and mm-hmm. I definitely got to... The part that always gets me is the part with with Toru's memories of her mother. Mm-hmm. Like, the every time Toru is shown... I mean, like, and, and like when, when Momiji's mother is like, I re- the only thing I regret is that that creature came mm-hmm. out of my body, that, like, cuts so deep yeah, every time. Yeah, like a gut punch, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely really intense. I know, I know the first time I read it, I, like, full-on bald. Oh. But now, like, when I start to when I start to read it, the part when, when he says, but Mama doesn't know about me, I start to get that, like, choked up feeling, yeah. like, right away. <laughs> as soon as he says, but Mama, it's all, like, fun and games, and then he's like, but Mama doesn't know about me, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. no, every time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the way he's, like, still kind of smiling when he says that. Yeah. It's so <laughs> casual. It's like, but Mama doesn't yeah. know about me. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so used to it. Yeah, it's really depressing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe we should save it. But it's interesting that Toru has this very fresh reaction to the loss of her mother. 
and compared with kind of like Mumiji who's been going through this for like a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that they like connect over this. Yeah. Because like he tells the whole story without like getting all all that emotional mm -hmm. until Toru like hugs him and then he kind of yeah breaks down a bit with her. Yeah. They they join in that emotional mm -hmm. experience, I think, rather than yeah. him being alone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, but Toru's memories, like all these, like the flashback of her when the curtain blows and you see her, mm -hmm. um, and then the one where it's, I mean, this, the ones that I, the scenes that I talked about that are her memories, they're like squished on the left-hand side of the page and they're very mm -hmm. small. Like you have to really look closely to see what the detail is showing, but the yeah. way that you see her like on the floor and the, you know, I assume that it's like the scene that's being shown is like, she's in the hospital with her mother. Um, mm -hmm after the accident and it's like her bag's just like on the ground and like she's on the ground that's really yeah really intense speaking of Tori's relationship with her mother chapter 24 <laughs> let's let's get into it if you weren't already crying get ready to cry some more <laughs> yeah. so chapter 24 opens with the narration what should i call this feeling so like i said it's the exact same it's kind of the same pattern again we're setting up this up to be a character mm -hmm. And Kyo is shown first. So this is kind of a chapter. Kyo is, you know, maybe this is his narration. And Kyo is looking up. The main trio, so Yuki, Kyo, and Toru, are walking in the temple. And Kyo says it's tiny. And Toru says she likes it because it's homey. And Kyo is like, is that something that you want in a temple? <laughs> um, Yuki says that he's glad the weather is nice. Toru says maybe it's because my mom is happy that everyone's coming to visit her grave. Kyo um, is shown looking like contemplative, but he doesn't respond. And Yuki asks if they're meeting Toru's friends, and she says yes. And on cue, they call to her. And Uo says, yo, nice day for visiting graves, huh? Which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. And um, Uo and Hana are fully shown so that we can see their amazing outfits. <laughs> Hana is wearing a long black dress with a veil. And Uo is wearing a long embroidered gang jacket. <laughs> and Kyo is like, what's with the outfit? And Uo is like, what do you mean? <laughs> is it too plain? Hanajima asks. And he's like, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki is like, Otani-san, is that a Suicide Squad uniform? In the most charming dialogue that we've seen so far. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> it's Kyoko's jacket from her gang days. Um, the coat of the leader of the Red Butterfly Suicide Squad. Red Butterfly, Yuki asks. <laughs> that was my mom's name from when she was a gang leader, Toru says cheerfully. Let's go, Uo says, and you can kill her like, they're having fun. They're like, seriously having fun. <laughs> <laughs> they get to Kyoko's grave, which has already been cleaned, because Toru's grandfather has already been there, and he left Kyoko's favorite food for her there, which is some kind of mochi. I forget exactly what it's called. Ashiwa mochi. That's yeah. what it says at the bottom here. <laughs> yes. And it's like mochi that's wrapped in an oak leaf, I think it says, right? Mm -hmm. Yuki asks, um, which side... Toru's grandfather is on and she says she explains that it's her father's side um, Kyoko was estranged from her parents Uo thinks as they set up flowers so we got that but Yuki didn't hear that Yuki asks what happened to Toru's father and she explains he came down with pneumonia they said I was too small to remember it very well though and we see Yuki and Kyo's like eyes like there's a little cut scenes to both of them Yuki thinks her father died and her mother too so why isn't she under a dark shadow how can she keep smiling and be so bright I remember the day of the accident. She was called out in the middle of class. After talking a bit uh, with the teacher, she ran out of the classroom. Her friends followed after her. There was an uproar in the class. I vaguely wondered if one of her relatives got in an accident. And Yuki is shown alone, kind of like in this scene, 
where he's thinking and says, Back then, she was someone I vaguely knew existed, just some person called Toru Honda. Now, living in the same house and being so close, his thoughts are interrupted by Toru calling for him, saying, Look, these flowers are wonderful, and he smiles with her. And smiling with her, <laughs> continues the narration. <laughs> it's strange. It's a strange feeling. Kyo, meanwhile, is busy shown looking quietly uncomfortable, which is probably what most people would look like visiting a grave, mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly. Um, Hanajima, he asks, do you see ghosts and stuff? <laughs> of course not, she says. I don't have a spiritual sense. And then she explains that Denpa and spirits are on different levels. Don't put them on the same level. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she says... Uh, Denpa are waves, like people's feelings. And Kyo is like, I didn't ask for a freaking explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Living humans give off the strongest waves, she says. The dead give off waves as well, but they're very weak. They're drowned out by the thoughts of the living. Even now it's the same. Your waves are echoing. Why are you standing before a grave with such feelings of regret? The wind blows and knocks Hana's veil off, and he turns to her, shocked. Chaos, she says. Toru asks Kyo if something is wrong, and he and Hana are like, it's nothing. And she's like, oh, well, please come this way. And she grabs Kyo's arm. And then he turns around and realizes that they've been setting up a picnic. And then Kyo freaks out and is like, don't eat lunch in front of a grave. (laughs) Um, Oh, says Kyoko would be happier if they made noise. And they argue, um, of course. And Yuki is like, most people wouldn't do this. But but come on, we know they're not most people, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Kyo eventually, they convince him to sit down, but he doesn't take any food. And we see a panel of him and Hana back to back. And Toru is like, do you want anything? And he's like, I'm fine. And then we see them. She's so cheerfully like, okay. Yeah, basically. (laughs) But she's very much learned to take Kyo in stride. Yeah, basically. It's like, well, whatever. Like, at least he's sitting down. He's like there. So it's really all you can ask of him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yuki brings the conversation back around and he asks about how Uo and Hana and Toru became friends. And so they chat about it. And they talk about the legend of the red butterfly. And as they eat and chat, Toru looks back at her mother's gravestone. She smiles a small smile. After their graveside picnic, <laughs> the gang disperses. Toru and Yuki and Kyo take off to go home. And we see Uo and Hana talking about how it's much more relaxed when the three of them are together lately. Yuki and Kyo don't fight as much, and it seems like almost like Kyo is almost trying to take care of Toru. This is Uo's dialogue because she calls him Kyo, so, you know. <laughs> Someday, Uo says, one of them might end up admitting that he likes her. <laughs> oh my, I would hate that, says Hana. <laughs> Hana says that Kyo and Yuki's hearts are still ruled by chaos or confusion. She can't put her finger on it. A dark shadow has fallen over their thoughts. Everyone has thoughts like that, but it's worth, worse than usual with them. As long as they have these thoughts, there may not be room for love. And if I might say so, she says, they're extremely dense in that area. <laughs> <laughs> but so is Toru, Uo replies. Uo says that there are times when without knowing why, before you know it, a person blooms. And Hana is like, Oh no, when I think of Toru going off to be a bride, it makes me cry. And it was like, now you're really jumping to conclusions. <laughs> we cut to Shigure's house, and Toru is out on the porch having some tea, thinking that the grave visit was fun. She's glad that she can introduce Kyo and Yuki to her mother. Mom, she thinks, these two are always take care of me. Someday I hope you can meet Shigure-san too. Mom, because of people, the people in this house, every day is fun. So please don't worry about me. Just keep watching over me, Mom. And then we see... More memories of smiling Kyoko. Later, Kyo comes out to the porch to find Toru asleep, and he tries to wake her up, saying that she'll catch a cold. And Toru, like, laughs and rolls over, and I think she, like, smacks him with her elbow. There's, like, a little, like, <laughs> a figure. There's a little shape by her elbow. Um, like, I guess his he puts his hand on her, and then she rolls over and kind of knocks his hand off. <laughs> she sleeps like a little kid, he thinks, and he sits down beside her. 
He looks down at her face and leans closer. Hey, he says. I'm sorry, okay? We cut to upstairs where Yuki has changed from one collared shirt to another collared shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he just took his sweater off. I don't know, but... (laughs) This is his relaxed collared shirt, I guess. <laughs> this is my former collared shirt. <laughs> Made the same joke from different angles. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Good. We cut to upstairs where he's changed and Tor's door has blown open and some of the papers have blown out. He notice, he goes over to kind of check it out and he notices that the hat on the floor and he's like, was that there when I dug her things out of the landslide and then there's a goddamn adorable chibi panel of rats <laughs> helping yuki with toru's stuff which just confirms that that's what happened in case yeah. you were wondering i don't know I if that, that was compared to the but... creepiness of his i'm not going alone <laughs> yeah <thing. laughs> it's like i never said like, i was going, going alone, alone. <laughs> okay guys let's take this out and they're all like squeak squeak or whatever and they like, yeah. pick up all her stuff <laughs> uh it's precious anyway <laughs> yuki picks up some of her stuff yuki actually picks up some of her stuff, which is shocking in and of itself, I should say. And he looks up surprised, and we see, um, we see a wind chime, we see some imagery, this is like the the full spread page. We see a wind chime, the boy that Toru talked about before, um, running, wearing the hat, and Toru reuniting with her mother after that, after that incident. Um, and then we see the hat kind of falling off. We see Kyo on the other side of the page, still looking down at Toru, and the narration... What should I call this feeling sleeping, still sleeping in my undeveloped heart? The flower in my heart. And then we close with Kyo uh, caressing Toru's cheek. And that's the end of the chapter. So, yay. And volume four. It was the end of volume four. We at least got a nice... This, after, after Momiji, all the tragedy of the <laughs> situation with Momiji and Toru and kind of the, the downer like beginning of this one, at least we got a little bit of like... I don't know. There is a little bit of catharsis in here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first note I made of is just kind of a timeline note. So this is the anniversary of Kyoko's death, mm-hmm. which was four months before the start of the series. So that means we're about eight months into the series. Yeah. Yes. It's been a year <laughs> since then. Mm-hmm. And it's May. It was April when Ayamu was there, just for the record. Yeah. So it's April, but still cold. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the good news is leaks will be blooming soon. So... Yeah, <laughs> which I guess does line up with the timeline of the series because, uh, isn't the begin? It's like the first couple, the first couple chapters. She goes and helps Yuki with the, with the secret base. Mm-hmm. It's funny how we're only like four volumes in. This is like the twentieth chapter, and it's been a year. Mm-hmm. Well, it hasn't quite been a. Oh, it's been eight months. I guess a year of as you said, actual series, but yeah. Yeah, uh, we get a little bit more information about the curse that the babies are born two months early. I'm not yes. sure if that ever comes up again or. It's kind of an interesting little detail. Yeah, it is. I don't think it ever like really comes up again. But yeah, we get that's like on top of the curse, on top of everything else, they're also born prematurely. So it's like mm-hmm. as if it wasn't traumatizing enough, they're also like you have a, like a premature baby that you have to, which is you know. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and label another theme here. Yeah, which is the, the whole concept of keeping or forgetting painful memories mm-hmm. and. The whole thing where Momiji and Toru both believe they want to hold on to their memories even if they're painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially since we have a character who actively erases memories. Yeah, but then everybody else gets left with them, like Yuki and, and yeah. Momiji. And like I think also, I feel like this is sort of related to the theme of what Shikure said, like getting hurt by people and hurting people. Mm-hmm. 
um that's how you, that that's you part learn of being alive and developing and becoming a complete person exactly i think like memory these kinds of like keeping your painful memories and and letting them not hurt you anymore or whatever is kind of a part of that like <laughs> the things that people do that hurt you or the things that um that are difficult to deal with emotionally those are the things that also like make you stronger make you a more empathetic person right so we see yeah. momiji who's almost kind of a little bit farther along in that process maybe i don't know he seems a little um we just recorded that anime break where he's like or we just released that anime break the most recent anime break we released is the one where momiji asks toru um like are you happy you met me as well like it seems like he's still a little bit i feel like the what happened with his mother impacts a lot of his kind of like the deeper relationships that he wants to have like for example with mm -hmm. someone like toru so he's still it's still is something that affects him but like he says yeah. he's trying to be someone who can who can like you know overcome those memories and that'll make him a stronger person mm -hmm. and same yeah. with toru we see like it's a lot fresher for her it's a year after her mother passed away very suddenly and she's those memories still the ones that she remembers are all around the accident and seeing her mother after the accident like immediately right away Mm -hmm. those are things that she thinks about as things maybe to overcome like that's kind of what she's reacting to when he says that yeah yeah i think it's definitely a theme there are a lot of people who we could say that this theme like applies to i think but without without going yeah. into spoilers i think those are the, the two people we could talk about mm -hmm. i think even though it's not like directly stated but i think we get a little more information on like momiji and hattori mm -hmm. how they like relate to each other because mm -hmm. we saw in in hattori's flashback chapters there was a little me memory of momiji when he was talking about having yeah. how the people's memories he erased and this is obviously the payoff for that yep now we know finally we know why mm -hmm. that's why he was in hattori's memory at that time because of this relationship they have yeah and it's kind of interesting to compare like like yuki's kind of distrustful of hattori mm -hmm. even though he says he's like not a bad person but you shouldn't be you know alone with him or whatever mm -hmm. but momiji is seems on pretty friendly terms with hattori like, yeah, I would say he's on even more than friendly terms. Like, I feel like they have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Momiji kind of, when Toru goes to visit Hattori for the first time, he almost, like, Hattori is like, get out. And, which seems kind of jarring. Like, he's like, leave Shigure's house if you're having fun. And then when he leaves the room, Momiji is like, you know, Hattori, he's probably doing, like, he basically explains Hattori's behavior. He's like, he's yeah. probably doing this because Kana got hurt, and he just doesn't want you to get hurt. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, Momiji didn't have to do that. He didn't have to, like, you know, be mm -hmm. there or whatever. And so I think he's taken that relationship and kind of turned it around. Like, he understands why mm -hmm. that Hattori was just trying to help. And he doesn't have a grudge against him like Yuki does. Or, like, a, he's not wary of him like Yuki is. Yeah. I feel like Hattori's memory suppression technique must be really crazy. Because Momiji clearly mm -hmm. looks like his mother. It's like, how, yeah. <laughs> how many blonde somas are there? Wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Like, like he's got the like the shiny hair effect that Momo doesn't have. <laughs> yeah, I mean he just he has. Uh... Yeah, like even Taurus is that this is like Momiji looks more like his mother than Tor Momo does. Momo does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought the visual style of Momiji's memories are interesting. So if you look at it, I don't know if you noticed this, but if you look at the manga when Momiji is talking about his the memory that he's having when he's little and Hattori is erasing his mom's memories. The outside of all the panels is dark. Like, they're actually shown on a dark background. Mm -hmm. We saw this style before with, um, like, a Tori's memories of Kana, for example. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was interesting 
it's very striking. I just think it's interesting if you compare it to, like, other memories of other things. Like, every time we see, like, Toru's mom in a memory, for example, except mm-hmm. for this time where she, we were seeing her in the hospital, yeah. it's often, like, it's all, like, bubbly, and there's, like, texture, and it's light, and it's, like, usually just, like, her and Toru talking. Like, it's kind of, like, zoomed in on just them talking or something, or we just see her face, and she's giving her, like, wisdom drop that's teaching mm-hmm. us about themes. Yeah. Um, but in these cases with these memories like this, where it's like really, really negative, Takaya seems to use this style a lot where it's like uh, against a dark backdrop. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that's going to keep going. Like, I wonder if that's going to become like a stylistic choice. It's already happened yeah. twice that I can think of. I didn't look any further back than that. But basically, like the mm-hmm. whole yeah. scene with the Tori is like that, too. I'm pretty sure it does. I'm pretty sure it stays. I think it there. does. I think I can see if I can think of some future ones that have that style. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, just wanted to point that out as a visual thing. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. adds a nice <laughs> dark feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there one thing I hadn't noticed until this time is that Momiji's mom has her wrist bandage in that little flashback scene, yeah. which implies she was probably suicidal. Yeah, she was cutting herself, maybe. Yeah, something. Or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe self, she wasn't suicidal. or suicidal, one of the two, but. Yeah. yeah, I never really noticed that detail, which is kind of makes it even more obvious just how yeah, how desperate her situation not okay was. she was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember noticing that before, but it always it always is very striking. Yeah, I think I never noticed it just because of the way her hair is like spread out and everything. It's subtle; like, it's hard to tell if you're not looking very closely. Yeah, it's very it's interesting that like if we're seeing that either we're seeing that just kind of like um, narrationally, like either we're seeing that or that's actually Momiji's memory, and if that's the case, that's like it's even more sad. Like, he's yeah. seeing her in this inc- completely, like, incapacitated situation. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, you know, a danger to herself. And it's it's very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. That looks like it like it might have even been in a hospital. Maybe. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that the, was... In the gown she's in, it could be, like, hospital gown. Rather I almost than... wrote hospital like, gown, and yeah. then I switched it to nightgown. Yeah, it yeah. could be. But it's kind of, kind of interesting, because we have that scene, and we also have... Toru's memory of her mother in the hospital. Yeah, maybe that is true. It could be like a parallel between parallel. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when Miji's mother is close to being completely lost, Toru's mm-hmm. mother is lost. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough choice. I feel like mm-hmm. the there's a lot of things that when I read Furuba, when I read Furuba as a teenager, so we kind of talked about Miji's dad and how it's it was difficult to like him. I guess, mm-hmm. or to feel to feel empathetic to him, and I feel like the older I get, things I find things with Fruba often change. Like the way that I feel about them changes, or I feel them mm-hmm. more deeply, or it resonates with me in a different way. Like, um, and I feel like this is one of those situations. Like as an adult, and you're trying to take care of someone, and you're trying to take care of someone else of two people that you love. How do you make that decision? Mm-hmm. And Moji's dad's like, I'm just gonna compensate by, <laughs> like, I don't know trying to take care mm-hmm. of both of them as best he can, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a difficult thing to choose, I'm sure. Yeah. It's interesting how um, he says that in, like, two months she could smile again. So I wonder if that's mm-hmm. kind of like what happened with Kana. Like, eventually she, she got better, he said earlier. That's what Meiji said before, mm-hmm. I think, or Hattori said before in that memory. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I wonder if there's, if that's just, like, like, if you're that bad, it's not a quick fix, or if there's some kind of, like, lingering after effects of the memory suppression. Maybe, I don't know. And, like, also, guys, it depends on, like, how, like, we don't, it's never really revealed, it's not a spoiler, I guess, but it's never really revealed what the memory suppression technique is. Like, I think mm-hmm. Tori says it's kind of, like, hypnosis. Yeah. That probably comes later, but 
No, I think he said it. Oh, he said it? It's... I think he said it in the Zero Chapter. He said it's like I think a so. <laughs> if we didn't, If he didn't say it, sorry. But it's like, <laughs> there's there's not a lot of detail about what the memory suppression technique is like, other than that it's like hypnosis. Maybe mm. if you have that deep, close of relationship with person, like Yuki's friends, like who knows how well he knew them. Like they had to wrangle yeah. all the children and erase their memories. Um, mm. But like if they weren't that close to him in the first place, maybe it's not a lot to suppress. Yeah, because I imagine that's like they just had to suppress like one like day from their memories. Yeah. But it's like Kana, Kana was months and with Momiji's mom was years. And also like deep, so. deep feelings and like, yeah. like, kind of like romantic like romantic attraction or like like the the way that pe- people feel protective of their children like those are deep-seated emotions and drivers of thinking like if mm-hmm. it's some kind of suppression technique i wonder like how much like how much effort is it taking for him to suppress them or like you know yeah i don't know it's interesting she's gotta have like freak out moments though because like she was pregnant and gave birth and doesn't remember that yeah, that changes I don't your body. Know. I mean, totally. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely would. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder how they rationalize that. Yeah. I think like it's kind of you know how like when Kano walks by and she says like Oh, Hattori never loved me or whatever. Or it's like Oh, I didn't. He didn't feel the same way as I felt about him or something. Like she says something kind of like that. Like I wonder if she just like rationalizes it away. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I just like used to be like this and now I'm like whatever. Or like I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. And then of course like she had they had another child eventually so mm-hmm. maybe they're just like oh like you you know you had it could be that they supplanted it with some other memory like she had a child but the child didn't survive or something and yeah you know I was thinking you have like, amnesia they... or like i don't know how do they yeah i was thinking it's like maybe it's like she thinks she had a miscarriage or something maybe i don't know Who especially knows? if you know born two months early thing that could yeah you could two months early usually doesn't it's also a miscarriage but it could <laughs> no and also like yeah who knows i don't know like maybe they just mm-hmm. but it seems like this is all speculation on our parts if you're yeah. listening that <laughs> i haven't cut it this is like um it just seems like there's something about the memory suppression technique that like you forget many things but not everything but in this case she like completely she forgot that he's her child it's like it, in kana's case she remembers satori she just doesn't think that they were in love in this mm-hmm. case it's like she knows Momiji, but she thinks, and she knows that he's a Soma, but she doesn't think that she's his, her child. Yeah. Which is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's mysterious. Yeah. Discussions on the metaphysics of the first <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we did say that we would do that. <laughs> Talk about the yeah. and everything. Um, and we got, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like, the memory suppression thing is very interesting. Like, mm-hmm. if it is like hypnosis, I just think it's kind of, it's intriguing. Like, I wonder what it is that they do and yeah it's consistent it's not like um some like crazy power that he has it seems like they're able to remember things but not everything so Mm -hmm. it's different but consistent i feel like so it's kind of there's like there's definitely an approach to the memory suppression i feel like from the characters that we can see um we learned i guess speaking of other supernatural characters we learned a little Mm -hmm. bit more about hana's dempa Mm -hmm. which i thought was cool i forgot that that happened and she can't see ghosts. Don't confuse them. I mean, yeah. oh, she says like it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, like how was like, I didn't ask for an explanation, but it's like you kind of did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. She says that they're like that every every you know people all emit jempa, even the dead do, which is kind of intriguing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like overwhelming for her to be in the cemetery. But she said that yeah. five people are more overwhelming, so maybe not. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. And she said they're like waves. And of course she pointed out that Yuki and Kyo are still in this state of like chaos or whatever, the darkness that mm-hmm. can't be easily replaced by love. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, her whole scene with Kyo is very intriguing. It's interesting. I like that Kyo has in- relationships with Toru's friends. Mm-hmm. Like ooh and him like argue and they kind of like bicker and like pick at each other, yeah. Um, and then now he has this relationship with Hano. Hano knows something very deep about him that even he doesn't really realize or whatever. Maybe right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they have that connection now too. Whereas Yuki is mm-hmm. like just kind of polite to them. Like yeah, it's kind of what Yuki said. Like Kyo is able to connect with them very naturally, and he isn't mm-hmm. so much. I think. Yeah. Like he's nice and he's polite to them, but he's like oh like um uh, doesn't he? He's like oh <laughs> oh oh. oh, oh. Doesn't he say, like, Otani-san? Isn't that yeah. a Suicide Squad jacket or yeah. whatever? <laughs> so charming. Um, yeah, so, like, stuff like that. It's interesting. I like that they... Kyo is, kind of has this relationship with her friends. Yeah, that's something I like in Fruits Basket, is that, like, everyone has a relationship with everyone else. Yeah. Like, it's not, like some stories, it's just like, oh, there's these two people, and they care about each other, and they don't really talk to anybody else mm-hmm. and these other people only talk to these people and stuff yeah. so. it feels like a real like genuine kind of set of people mm-hmm. like when you go to school or whatever yeah you have a bunch of people yeah. that you talk to or whatever and mm-hmm. yeah, some of them you know, know better if you're not really friends with them but you know them yeah people you're friendly with even though you don't hang out after school or whatever so yeah, yeah exactly and i think it's interesting that like like there's a scene where it wasn't this chapter it was the one with toru and it was the one where Yame shows up and Toru's talking to Omiji and Haru. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like one of the first times that we saw her just talking to them. Yeah. Like, not one-on-one, but, like, the three of them. So it's like they're hanging out, too, which is cute. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. They all... All the characters have... They develop relationships, so we're just seeing a little little glimpse of, like, Hana and Kyo's relationship, yeah. which is cool. Mm-hmm. Kyo and his two random friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has a good relationship with them. <laughs> like how they call him Kyo-Kyo. It annoys him. Mm-hmm. I like how um, Uo also calls him Kyo later, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, she settled on the just... nickname for him. Yeah. I he's just got nicknames from everybody and he hates all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so we had, like, Ayame with the Kyonkichi. Kyonkichi. <laughs> for a while, Uo was calling him, like, Orangey or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because he's one of those people where if you say it, it's annoying and so people like yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like if he didn't flip out about it. Nobody would do it. Yeah. Nobody would do it, but he... But he's cute, so he has to. So. Yeah. Like, nobody calls Yuki any nicknames. Like, they don't, because he yeah. wouldn't care. Another detail I liked is that uh, Tori's grandpa had been there to yes. visit and clean up Kyoko's grave. Because we already got a hint that they had kind of a close relationship. Yeah, he calls... From... Yeah, because he calls Toru Kyoko. Yeah. And he's the one to, like, defend her Yeah. to the rest of his family. In... Not really directly, but by, like... By defending Toru. Talking, yeah, talking about how Kyoko would be happier in yeah. other places and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You're right. Mm. Yeah, and we got to see her yeah. grandpa again <laughs> in a little panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind. It's important, I think, and to like keep the grave clean and stuff. And so, and he brought her um, her favorite food, which is very sweet, and left it mm-hmm. for her. I think the whole picnic scene is really funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like Yuki and Kyo are super uncomfortable, which makes it funny. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, they're like, no, we're going to do whatever we want. Because that's the way that yeah. Kyoko would want it to be. And I mm-hmm. think that's very charming. I feel like it's appropriate for them. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I guess it's a, obviously a cultural thing because I don't really think it's that inappropriate to 
have a picnic, <laughs> have a picnic in the graveyard like your family member or whatever i've seen people do it yeah i feel like being rowdy at a graveyard would be kind of annoying but they're not Maybe, really being yeah. rowdy <laughs> no but they seem like appalled by the fact that they're eating yeah exactly like i've literally like driven by a graveyard and seen like someone's like truck parked outside of it and they got a blanket set up by oh. a grave and i just assume it's them eating with their family or whatever yeah i feel like i i think i do think it's like cultural even mm-hmm. you wouldn't yeah, I don't think you would bring food and eat it at a grave in Japan. At a, yeah, but I do. Mm-hmm. I think some people here, like in North America, might be off put by it too. Like they might Probably. think it's a little weird. There's a pretty drastic range of uh, attitudes toward death. That's definitely that's definitely true. <laughs> in our cultures, so yeah, everywhere I think yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're on the they're on the like I don't know the less the more lenient end of the spectrum where they're like <laughs> this is what or like kind of the like we should do things the way like the person that we're here to see would want things to be done not like the way that other people think things should be done kind of spectrum yeah so end of the spectrum which i think is like then there's or there's like the alternate which is like we just this is how we do this is how everybody mm-hmm. should do yeah yeah but i think for kyoko is appropriate and it seemed <laughs> like you know we talk a lot about how toru has this attachment to her mother and that she's She's clearly still dealing with this loss, but I feel like genuinely she seemed in these, in the scene, these, the way that's drawn these chapters, it seemed like she enjoyed it and it was like a good experience. So maybe that was helpful. Yeah. We also get a pretty strong indication in this chapter that Kyoko really was a strong impact in Uo and Hana's life too. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've really gotten much of an indication to that before. No. It seemed like maybe they were mostly just, you know, like, oh, our friend's mom died and that's sad. But in this point, it seems like they actually had relationships with her on their own too it seems like they had personal relationships with her for sure mm-hmm. uh, especially the scene where they're in the school and they're like oh i just i could imagine her walking around the corner at any time mm-hmm. and yeah they both seem like they're also still deeply impacted by it not just because of toru but on their own yeah behalf too. it's not just like oh my friend had a bad thing happen to them it's i've lost someone also mm-hmm. yeah you can definitely tell it's the case mm-hmm. i think that's it for non-spoilers so thank you all for listening and and for following us and sending us messages and reviews it's very helpful and and we appreciate hearing your comments um Mm -hmm. this next time we're going to be talking about chapters 25 and 26 which will be volume five of the original the original the next book yeah (laughs) who's on it kagura i can't remember it might be kagura i'm gonna guess kagura because i think mamiji's on (laughs) volume six so yeah he is on volume six i remember all right (laughs) all right good well <laughs> anyway anyway <laughs> we'll see Volume you five. Volume five. we'll see you next time Bye-bye. bye okay we're back to talk about spoilers there's probably a lot of spoilers mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't make that many notes but so i guess i'd forgotten i wanted to talk in the last episode about zodiac siblings but i guess we can talk about zodiac siblings and parents oh <laughs> this time we can talk about zodiac siblings and i can cut it in if you want <laughs> yeah. well i mean this it's relevant to this chapter too so okay let's do it momo's here. yeah momo's here because yeah i think uh i think only yuki and ayame and momiji and momo are siblings at the beginning of the series of the zodiac yeah i mean yeah you mean before the series starts yeah yeah because then hero sister comes later mm-hmm it's yeah. kind of interesting. Like, I can definitely see how if you have a Zodiac child, you wouldn't want to have another child. <laughs> Probably but... not. Yeah. Unless you're Yuki and Oyame's parents, and then you're like, yes. Yeah, yeah and it kind of makes me wonder. I wonder if, like, 
Is the Zodiac Child always the firstborn if there's going to be a Zodiac Child? I don't know. It's a good question. We don't have any younger sibling Zodiac kids to yeah, hear from. Yeah, except for Yugi, so. who, whose older sibling is also Zodiac. So. Yeah, so it doesn't really count yeah. in that case, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We don't. I don't think we ever but, find out about that. No, I don't think so. I'm just kind of speculating out loud. Yeah. No, it's um, interesting. Yeah, so we have Momo here, and she actually comes back later. Yes. <laughs> She's helpful. Mm-hmm. And adorable. Yes. Momiji's right. She's so cute. Momiji's right. She is so cute. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Momiji's whole thing about how Zodiac parents either become overprotective or completely reject their child is kind of an interesting thing to think about in relation to the ones we meet later on, learn more about. Yeah. Well, I was wondering about, like, Shigeru's parents because we never get that much information about them. Yeah. I think, don't we actually see them, like, really briefly? Oh, yeah. Doesn't he say, like, oh, that was my parents? <laughs> yeah. It's like that, yeah. it's that, like, party or whatever that he took uh, his editor to yes <laughs> and they're like what his parents or whatever yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, i think it's implied that they're like politely distant with each other yeah for sure <laughs> oh. interesting and then we know about yuki and naomi's parents atori's parents mm-hmm. there's a there's a side note panel about them later and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it says that they were not estranged but his household was pretty cold i think it says in the translate in the yeah. note so something like mm-hmm. that and i think he says that like he would suppress people's memories on his father's orders mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Yep. So. I think we also talked about this before when we talked about Atori, but I'm also pretty sure that in that in that note it says that his father was the one who taught him the memory suppression technique, mm-hmm. and his father did it before him. So. Yeah. Um, so I guess mm-hmm. there's that. Mm-hmm. And then of course we met Risu's mom before just now, who I guess I would classify as overprotective, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. And then there's, um, I mean, later we see, well, I was like Rin's parents who pretended and then rejected her. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. there's Kakura's parents who are also not, well, she lives with her parents and they have yeah. some kind of relationship. So I wouldn't describe it I as rejection. It, yeah, I think it was said that they're like, it used to be like really strained, but they've gotten better recently. Mm-hmm. I think she says something like that. Uh, we never see yeah. Haru's parents. Mm-hmm. I don't. Kisa's mom is there, but I don't know if they're overprotective either. Mm-hmm. I think she's like meant to be kind of overprotective, like mm-hmm. just in kind of a different way. Yeah, I think when we see her, she's like frustrated with the situation with Kisa. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to tell, but. Yeah, but even kind of the way she's talking to Kisa about like, it seems like she wants her like she's saying it kind of harshly, but wants her to get over her issues so she can stop being so you know sad basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like I don't want you to be sad. Get over it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something like she's that. She's like, I'm, yeah, she's like at her wit's end at that moment. But yeah, she gets the impression she that know. she's trying really hard. I think she's kind of like she doesn't know what to do or whatever. Doesn't yeah. know what to say. And then of course mm-hmm. we meet Hero's mom, who's the like A plus mom of the Zodiac. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't classify her as overprotective. Yeah, I think she's kind of smothery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think Kyo's mom is an interesting case. <laughs> yeah, Kyo's mom. She's kind of both. She is kind of both. Because she's like, quote unquote, she pretended that everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But she. I think she like did love Kyo and wanted to protect him. But she wanted to do that by like, it's like, I want you to be different. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want you to not be. <laughs> she was like, everything's fine. If I just like keep, you keep that bracelet on, everything's going to be fine. Everything's just, everything's if cool. Just, yeah. He, keep you close and. 
smother you and no- nothing happened, it'll be good. Yeah, it bothered him that she pretended that she wasn't afraid of him, he yeah. says, right? I feel like that's a good way to describe it. It's like she 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 pretended like nothing was wrong. She forcefully pretended like nothing was wrong and that yeah. everything was fine and that bothered him. Mm-hmm. His dad's just an asshole. <laughs> yeah, his dad blames him for everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kareno, we don't know anything about Kareno's parents. <laughs> Kido's he doesn't count anyway. He's not part of the club. <laughs> He's not in the club anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but he was born the uh, yeah. possessed. So. Kido's parents are each one or one of each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kido got the lottery. On yeah, <laughs> Zodiac parents. <laughs> I feel like it's everybody. I could have said them in like a logical order, so it would be easy to remember. But who cares? Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, so I feel like the majority is like I don't know if did Yuki's parents reject them? Reject? They definitely weren't overprotective. Yeah, I think they kind of rejected them as people. Definitely, <laughs> they embraced them as uh, status symbols. <laughs> yeah, Ayame was kind of a nuisance, and Yuki was yeah. the Yuki was the status symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Family relationships in the zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other people's families in, in Fruits Basket, too, but yeah, particularly yeah, in the Zodiac. Especially in the Zodiac. <laughs> For sure. I mean, even we, we learned that, like, Toru's... There's a really small note, but we... Of course, we learned that Toru's mom was estranged from her parents, was estranged mm-hmm. from her parents, and that her grandfather is, like, the only... Probably the only one who came to visit her grave and stuff, like... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole... Mm-hmm. whole slew of depressing things. That's fine. Definitely get more into it later, but I just thought it was an interesting time to yeah. think about Zodiac parents and, and siblings. siblings. You're right. Yeah, they don't, and they all have they all have different and varied and strained relationships for sure. Yeah. Even the ones like I think Hiro has, you know, not like mixed feelings, but I think he kind of has. He has a bit of mixed feelings about his mom and how his mom. <laughs> He's the protective one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is the protective one. He's the parent. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, of course, when his sister comes, it shakes everything up too. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of Kyoko and Kyo foreshadowing in these yeah. chapters. <laughs> yeah, you can't blink without. <laughs> yeah, like even like... that early on thing where it was like, "Oh, I think Kyoko would really like Kyo." Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, she did, and she did tease him about his hair. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, of course, the whole, I mean, like, Hana, it's been foreshadowed for a couple of chapters. It's like he's in chaos and mm-hmm. Hana saying, why are you standing in front of a grave with such feelings of regret? Like, that's yeah. really hitting the nail on the head. It's something yes. that I definitely didn't, like, notice when I was a kid, mm-hmm. or, like, when I read it the first time. Like, I know, so I was like, huh, I wonder what that means. Weird. Really, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, what up with something that? I definitely, yeah, something I definitely didn't notice mm-hmm. is, or at least, you know, put sign meeting to was him apologizing to Toru mm-hmm. at the very end. Well, you could take it as like, oh, I'm sorry that your mother died, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ambiguous, too. But yeah, it's definitely that's what it is. And that's why he was hesitant. It's why he didn't say anything. You know, we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just his whole unease with the whole situation mm-hmm. of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. He's conspicuously shown many times looking very uncomfortable. But also mm-hmm. it could be like, oh, you're just uncomfortable being in a graveyard. Which, yeah. I mean, like I said, I feel like that's a reasonable I- reaction. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely easy to overlook yeah if you don't know the background so for sure but yeah it's chock full of that i felt it had this this also had a little couple of like kyoto spoilers mm-hmm. um like yeah i have a note in my spoiler section that just says romance with a tilde after it <laughs> yeah, romance <laughs> <laughs> that's what ayame sells at a shop right yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah she like grabs his arm when they're about to eat Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of like 
he gently like touches her cheek when she's asleep. Yeah. And mm. even Uo was like, oh, Kyo's trying to take care of Toru. And I was like, that's really conspicuous that you would say that. <laughs> yeah, just their whole conversation of like one of them might end up yeah. <laughs> admitting he likes her. Yeah, they say that. And then we also have like another hat who's who with the hat scene. Yep. Um, hat foreshadowing. <laughs> more hat foreshadowing. Hat son is back. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I just thought it was really funny that Yuki went in there to like clean up her stuff. Like he wasn't just yeah. like, man, and, like close the door. I feel like that's what yeah. really would have happened. <laughs> I would have just kicked the papers and closed the door. But I did enjoy the rats, <laughs> the the flashback of the rats helping him yeah. carry shit. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought it was interesting how Uo was like, there are times without knowing it before, without knowing why before you know it, a person blooms. And it's like, well, she does kind of does that with Kareno. It's almost mm, like foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, Hana kind of looks at her in like this weird, like knowing way <laughs> after she yeah. says that. And you could interpret it as being about Toru, but also like, I think it's kind of about her. Like, I don't know. It could be foreshadowing mm. for what happens with her too. Yeah. Or at least we can see that kind of adding to what happens with her. I don't know if that was intended at this point in the story, but I'm sure that it was... I don't know. I feel like Takaya had everything moderately planned out. Yeah. So it was probably planned that they would end up together too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, mm-hmm, interesting. Well, in particular, your own future, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Without knowing it, you suddenly meet a rando guy mm-hmm. who drops a bunch of stuff in a convenience store. <laughs> Nobody else's memories get suppressed or anything, right? Like, this is the last time... Not, like, last time we hear about it, but it's kind of the last time we hear about it, isn't it? Mm. Like, the big people I can think of are this time with Yuki, Kana, and Momidi's mom. Mm-hmm. It's not like... Like, Kyo's dad's memories aren't suppressed. It's not like Hana, uh, Rin's parents are suppressed or anything like that. Like I feel like it might come up as a threat now and then, but... <laughs> Hattori will erase your memories, and Hattori's <laughs> like, no... I'll be cold, yeah. cold forever, or whatever. <laughs> Why didn't you leave when I told you to? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a cage of endless snow, or whatever. <laughs> in my darkened room of endless snow, or whatever. <laughs> so dramatic. That's the kind of stuff that I felt like. If you listen to the like an- most recent anime break that we published, that's like the kind of wording that I feel like was slightly different than what was the original translation was. I don't know if he says the same thing or not in the in the Japanese version of the script, but he's like, Miss. In my in the darkened room of darkened snow forever or whatever. <laughs> I have a lighthearted thing. It wasn't even spoilery, but Yuki was helping Toru clean again at the beginning of the <laughs> chapter. He's like wiping down the table. <laughs> I forgot to add that before. I just thought it was funny. It's kind of like a thing now with them. She helps him garden, and he's like helping her clean. I feel like in my head, what's happening is Toru is trying to help him like be a more stand-up person she's like yeah. this is how we do the dishes <laughs> and like or maybe yuki's like i want to be better and he's like yeah i could see him being like this is a part of his self-betterment you know yeah <laughs> i feel like he probably offers to help <laughs> probably and then she's like uh, and she's like what task can i give you that like, yeah. screw up <laughs> yuki go wipe down the table like a three-year-old <laughs> yeah. he's like okay <laughs> so funny yeah i don't know i don't have any other spoilery things it's like the yeah, main thing yeah. that was spoiled is like just the relationship with Kyo and or like the main spoilery stuff is like the relationship with Kyo and and Kyoko mm-hmm. some shippy stuff yeah and then I don't even know like no the stuff with Luigi is also not really a spoiler it's just more about them no, connecting just... as characters so mm-hmm. he and Toru I mean yeah that was more like uh paying off some earlier spoilers yeah for sure a lot of this chapter again also like wrapped up a bunch of things so i feel like that's why there's not a much of spoilers mm-hmm. like we sometimes see yeah. <clears throat> yeah okay i don't know spoilers come in waves <laughs> they do i think i feel like we got like a bunch a bunch a bunch and then a couple have been 
paid off and then we're still like there's some that are just like suspended that we're not going to see for a long time come mm-hmm. back like yuki and kyo's kind of like their enviousness of each other a lot of Akito stuff isn't going to pay off at all. A lot of Akito stuff. Also, Kyo and Kyoko's relationship, we're not going to see for a long time. The mm-hmm. hat, we're still not going to see for a while. Yeah. I think that comes in, like, the beach arc. So I think we have a couple more volumes, like, not too many. But there's still, like, a good mm-hmm. amount of chapters. Yeah. So we're keeping that juggling. We haven't learned that much more about the curse. Well, we did. I mean, we learned about the, the parents and this, the family relationships within the people around the people who are cursed i think and that babies are born too much early. And they're born too much early did you say you had a spoiler thing about that or was it it was that um it was that haunt uh aren't they like relieved when um hero's mother doesn't give birth early to his sister or something? i remember them being relieved because all the zodiac members are already there that would make more sense yeah in that case that's what i was gonna say yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i can imagine they would think that if someone in the know got pregnant though yeah i know it's like oh good eight months we're fine <laughs> yeah for sure and then of course yeah hero is worried about what what's going to be like with her but mm-hmm. it's fine it's all good everything's fine in the end mm-hmm. Every- that scene makes me ha- makes me happy cry when hero's holding his baby sister yeah after he's been released from his curse <laughs> isn't he crying it's very powerful yeah and then there's mom comes in it's like i can hug you both yeah it's really sweet <laughs> and then Akito <laughs> freaks out i'm sure yeah the their reactions to the curse breaking is always really interesting to me like mm-hmm. there's that and then like momiji's i think he kind of like hugs himself shigure mm-hmm. is like oh this is what it feels like which is really interesting yeah um i think haru and are together and of course yuki's with machi which is is really interesting yeah. it's nice how a lot of them are like with loved ones when it happens yeah ayame's with mina at the time and of course kyo and toru tokyo together. and toru together Toru's face makes me ha- like cry every time. Mm-hmm. It's so expressive. It's like one of yeah. the, it's one of the like probably the most expressive faces. Like this, the ability to describe what's on their faces is gonna get harder mm-hmm. and harder. Yeah. I feel like their yeah. their emotions become more and more complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also really like Akito's reactions to curses breaking. She's like yes. increasingly desperate and vulnerable. Yes, she's like practically begging them instead of like approaching them as yeah like not in control for once <laughs> yeah it's like she doesn't she like slap momiji or whatever yeah but like when she first approaches them all she's like like almost dropping her knees begging them yeah like not to leave which is interesting compared to how she usually is yeah well she's very desperate at that point right yeah and all her i mean her because i think her kind of like attitude starts to change around that time mm-hmm. she's more and more concerned about being like all the things that are sort of like in her character, like being left behind yeah. and being yeah, like, like all her rejected and all that junk. Yeah, all her insecurities are yeah coming to the forefront at that point, and Momiji. then everyone's leaving her, and she's like, yeah, yeah. Momiji and Hero <laughs> sort of trigger that, and then it just gets worse when all the other ones um, yeah kind of break too. So mm-hmm. anyway, well that's it for this. Hope yep. <laughs> hope nobody cried listening to this <laughs> part of the podcast. <laughs> But I hope everybody cries. <laughs> I just want not them listening to, to us, but reading reading it. Yeah, <laughs> I think like just seeing their faces too like makes a huge difference. Like I can mm-hmm. read, I can voice act as much as I want, but it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna have that Takaya emotional quality to it mm-hmm. like the manga does. So go read the manga again and cry some more. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's cathartic. <laughs> it's good for you to feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I feel like I've read Furuba enough times to know. I mean, it was funny when we were reading these chapters, like the Momiji, Momiji's, um, when we talked about the chapter with Momiji, we were like, oh, this one's a gut punch and this thing's a gut punch. And it's mm-hmm. like still every time it's like you feel it coming and then it happens. <laughs> it's like still really emotional, even if it's not the same intensity, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it for now then. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you all for listening and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.